listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Today, we're looking at our Palm Sunday. This is Palm Sunday's service uh, that we're bringing to you today, welcoming the King, welcoming the King, today on Words of Encouragement. On the road to Jerusalem, welcoming the king, welcoming the king into Jerusalem is what we're looking at today. Down through, down through the uh, years, people have gone out of the way to welcome those whom they have deemed important in their lives or popular or famous. Uh, we make big deals about them when they come to town. Uh, I am listening to a very interesting uh, podcast. It's called 13 Minutes to the Moon. And uh, you may ask, well, where'd you hear that? Well, it's, yeah, it's a BBC. It's a BBC podcast because I listen to a lot of that. Uh, and they, moment by moment, they're talking about what happened when we went to the moon. And uh, they, they've, surprisingly enough, the mission control that day was full of a lot of 20-year-olds. 20-year-olds. 20, 20 the oldest person in the group was 27. And we think about that and we think, oh, no, there must have been, you know, wiser and a little older people in that mission control that day. That was a big deal. Well, they had to get it done and they felt the pressure and they went and hired people sometimes without interviews to be in those positions to help go to the moon. And so when, the, when they came back, big, huge welcome for those returning from the moon. And there was, a, there was a parade and people just all excited. And that's what we do with famous people. We, we praise them, we adore them uh, when they've accomplished something and they come to our town. World championship teams been welcomed back to their home city with crowds at airports. Uh, dignitaries, celebrities have been welcomed with ticker tape parades, uh, given keys to the city. Royalty is welcomed with red carpets, official banquets, special tours, great gifts. Uh, even when someone is coming to our homes, we make an effort, don't we? We make an effort to run around and make sure everything just looks okay. You know, looks nice, better than okay. <laughs> looks nice and welcoming to someone coming to visit us. About 2,000, over 2,000 years ago on what we know as Palm Sunday, the city of Jerusalem had a special visitor that day. He had been in the city many times before, but this time he presented himself in fulfillment of Scripture. And in Zechariah Chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Not everyone welcomed the Lord Jesus with enthusiasm, but there were those who did. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, was made to feel welcome, especially by His disciples. The way they made Him feel welcome are the ways that we as His children should make Him welcome today. 
If you're able, I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God from Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verses 29 through 35. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples, telling them, Go to the village farther on. As you enter it, you'll find a colt tied up that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, uh, why are you untying it? Just say, the Lord needs it. So the two disciples went and found that everything was just as Jesus had said. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? The disciples replied, the Lord needs it. They brought the colt to Jesus. Then they threw their cloaks over it and sat Jesus on its back. May God bless the reading of His Word this morning. I invite you to be seated. Welcome. Welcoming the King. How do we welcome the King? How do we welcome Jesus into our presence today? How do we do that? Well, preacher, you know, we just show up and... Uh, you know, where two or three are gathered, I mean, you know, he's here. I mean, what, but what do we do to welcome him? How do we go about welcoming Jesus into our presence? Well, we welcome the king with faith. We welcome him with faith. Look at verses 37 and 38. As he approached Jerusalem, right where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives. <laughs> I just saw that in my mind. <laughs> uh, I just saw that. It's, it's not far. In your head you think, oh, a Mount of Olives, way big mountain. And then here's Jerusalem and wow, it's just this way. You can, you can see the mountain and you can see Jerusalem, but it's so far. It's not. It's not. I mean, we would say, uh, oh, I don't know. A, not, a, not a gully, but it's, I mean, it is a valley there in between. But it's not a big, it's not the big valley, you know. Uh, but it's, it's not that far. But as he, it says, as he approached, right where this road goes down from the Mount of Olives, the crowd of disciples all began shouting joyful praises to God at the top of their voices for all the miracles they had seen. They're making a commotion about Jesus. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, they shouted. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. Oh, man, they're making a big deal. They're chanting this, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. It was begun, that chant was begun by those who had faith in Him. They were welcoming Him with faith because they trusted in Him. They knew Him. They were trusting in Him. Their faith was on display as they opened their mouths. Oh, they weren't timid. They weren't shy about saying this about Jesus. They were declaring Him King of kings. Here, he, Blessed is the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. They are pegging Him as the Messiah here. They're making a big deal about it and they're not being shy. They're not just kind of walking. Here's Jesus on the donkey and here they are. Yeah, they're not doing that. They are boldly proclaiming who He is. 
And it's because they had faith in Him as the Messiah. They were trusting in Him. They are openly identifying with Christ. No big deal. They're, just de- they're declaring it. True believers have trusted Christ as Savior by faith. And when a person trusts in Christ, there should be no hesitation to share the fact that that has taken place. These disciples were freely sharing that He was their King and that He came in the name of the Lord. This is who this is. This is not just some other person. This is not someone named Jesus. You know, this is the Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God coming into Jerusalem. Have you welcomed the King into your life by faith? Have you trusted in Him? Have you believed in Him? As your Savior and Lord? Have you welcomed Him into your life? Are you able to declare Him as King of your life without hesitation? Listen, it's going to become more important that we do that as the days go by in the world we're living. It's going to become more important that we declare Him as Lord. It's going to become more important every day that occurs, every day that passes, that we declare Jesus as King of Kings. People need to know, they need to see, they need to hear. Have you welcomed the king into your life by faith? Second thing, we welcome the king with obedience. We welcome the king with obedience. In verses 29 through 31, we see that the disciples did as they were told. They were told to go get a colt. Bring it back to Jesus. Sounds simple enough. Ha. Huh. Sounds simple enough. Just go get it, find it, and bring it. Well, they were going to have to approach someone and take this man's colt. I'm going to come and take your lawnmower. Oh, if it's self-propelled. Is it self-propelled? I'm going to come and take it, and when I do, you're going to ask, Hey, what are you doing? And I'm going to say, Well, uh, the Lord has need of it. Now, wait a minute. There's something. This just. Now, what? <laughs> what? What I want you to see here is that God is in control of what's happening. His hand is in control of what's taking place here. This is all in the plan of God. And so, when it's in the plan of God, it's going to work. It's going to work. There's, it's not going to be bumbled up. It's not, they're, they're not going to go and say, well, the Lord has need of it and take off with this. Come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. We've got to get this colt back to Jesus. Oh my, he's following us. Oh, my goodness. No, no, none of that's going to happen because it's all in the plan of God. And so he's in control of this. Well, I thought, well, my goodness, these disciples, did they have some thoughts about this? Did they think, well, what if... What if Jesus, you know, what if it's not true? What if we get into town and we can't find this colt? What if we find a colt and the guy's like, no, no, that's mine. You're not taking my colt. What if, what if, what if? And that's how we live, don't we? That is how we live, almost, I would say, more often than we need to. I'm not going to put a percentage on it because I don't know. How each one of us lives. But I bet you, I don't bet, but I, I would, I would um, 
cast this out here as, as a probable reality here in saying that that's how a lot of us live if, when God calls on us to do something. But what if it doesn't work? What if, we, what if, what if I go, well, God's calling me to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. I know he is. I know he is. But, but what if I get over there and my neighbor gets all mad at me? Has God called you to go? Am I saying, am I giving you a guarantee that your neighbor's not going to get mad at you? No. But if God has called on you to go, you go. You go and you do. And you just see what happens. If God has called you to do something, He's going to work it out. And it will work out the way He wants it to work out. But preacher, what if my neighbor never talks to me again? What have you done? You have been obedient to the call of God on your life, and you've gone and done what He's called you to do. And that's what matters. That's what matters. Amen. Your neighbor may wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not feeling too good. I've got a neighbor that believes in Jesus. Maybe a prayer would help. Maybe I need to call them. Maybe I need to talk to my neighbor. You never, never know. The door has been opened. Simply because you obeyed the call of God in your life. Listen, these disciples did what they were told to do. And wow, what if they couldn't find the call? What if they did and the man wouldn't let them take? What if, even though we may not always think things are going to work out, if we are obedient to God, that's what we have been and that's what we should do. Be obedient. Be obedient. This world we live in draws us away from God and makes us not following Him, the norm. That's just the norm for so many people. Even Christian people, they, well, I'm just, I'm just living my life. I'm, and this just gets me. I love this. Do you realize that you are never going to live your best life until you get to heaven? Your life is not going to be the best until you get up there where everything's perfect. Where you're in the presence of God Himself. I love, I, that makes, it, it just gets me. They are living your best life now. Well, I, which lives are you living? How many lives do you have? I don't know. There's a whole, whole long, long discussion we could have about that. But being obedient to the Lord, that should be the norm in the life of a Christian. It may be difficult to be obedient, but oh, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. It is the right thing to do. If you're a child of God, guess what? You've already told Him that you would be obedient to Him. When you gave your life to Him, who's in control? Not you. God. So when you gave your life to Him, that says, look, you're in control, God. You do with me what you want. I'm going to live my life here. And as you lead and guide me, and as you tell me what to do, and you've already told me many things in your word, I, I just need to carry those things out. And I just need to live in obedience to you. And that's how we live. If we've given our lives to Him, we've already told Him that we'd be obedient to Him. This Christianity thing is not about following rules. It's not about checking off a list. Well, did I do that? Was I nice to my neighbor? Yes, okay. Was I, was I polite in that line at Walmart when those people were arguing and holding up the line? Oh, boy. Well, okay, what's the next one? Okay, uh, was it, did, I, did I help somebody in need? Okay, look... Christianity is not following a lot of rules and, and checking off little thing, good things that you, you oh, I did, I did all these good things, yay. Christianity is about a relationship. 
And when you love Jesus, listen to me, when you love Jesus, you will desire to please Him in all ways, in each and every way that you can. When you love Jesus, you will want to obey Him. There will be a desire because you love Him. Because what did He do for you? He loves you and He provided salvation for you. He went to great lengths to provide it. We ought to have a love for Christ so much so that we want to make Him happy. We desire. And, and in that desire to make Him happy, what are we going to wind up doing? We're going to wind up doing those things, those rules that we look at. We're going to wind up following them. We're going to wind up doing those things because we're following Jesus and Jesus is not going to lead us down or off the path, down a hill. He's not going to lead us that way. So we open ourselves to obedience. We welcome Him with obedience into our lives. When you love Jesus, you will want to obey Him. In fact, I seem to remember that Jesus said this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I seem to remember hearing that somewhere. <laughs> If you love me, that, that's how you show you love him, by obeying the commandments. But, you, you, but if you don't love him and you're, you're counting on the commandments, oh, i got to do these, i got to do oh, that's, that's not that didn't count. You have to love Jesus. You have to love him and want to know him better. And you do that by reading his word. And you do that by following His commands. You show your love for Him as you follow His commands. Our obedience is an act of love to Jesus. It also demonstrates our faith. Listen to 1 John chapter 2. By this we know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commandments. The one who says, I have come to know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps His word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in Him. The one who says he abides in Him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. The relationship is so important. Will you be obedient to your King? Will you welcome Him with obedience? Will you be obedient to Him? It means we have to know what He wants. It means we have to know Him. We can't just wing it. Well, I think God would like this. Would he? I don't know. Look in the Word. Open up. Talk to, the, talk to him. Talk to him. Get approval from God if you have doubt. If you have doubt, mm, that may be a sign right there. <laughs> I don't know if God would like this or not. Well, why are you asking? Maybe he wouldn't. Open up. Talk to the Lord. Welcome also the king with gifts. With gifts. Look at verse 32. Verse 32 says, So the two disciples went and found that everything was just as Jesus had said. As they were untying the colt, its owners, sure enough, asked them, Why are you untying the colt? The disciples replied, The Lord needs it. This is what's happening. Jesus received the gift of the loan of a colt. The owner, once he hears the Lord has need of it, he allows it to be borrowed. Now, it doesn't seem to be any kind of problem here. Notice the disciples also gave Jesus a gift. They gave him the gift of their time. Boy, when you love someone, what do you do? Love is spelled T-I-M-E. Love is spelled T-I-M-E, time. When you stop what you're doing and you give time to someone, that speaks love. 
I love it when little kids, I know, I know that kids come into this world and when they learn to talk, they are given 50 million words a day. And you think, well, their vocabulary is not that big. Have you been around someone that's a little person lately? They can talk and they talk a lot. And whenever I'm around a little child, I think, wait a minute, this child is chatty because this child needs to be heard, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to listen, and I'm going to talk to this little child. And I talked with one this week. I, t- I talked about the coffee shop with, the little, uh, with uh, Luke's son, and he was all excited. He said, used to, it was real skinny. I said, oh, I remember that. And we walked down this long hall to get to the other end to see your dad so I could get a coffee. He said, now it's big. I said, yeah, it's real big. So many people can be in here all at one time. And we sat, and, or I stood and he sat, and we just, we just t- chatted a little bit. Because he needed to talk. Kids need to talk. And they need some ears to fill. They need some ears. And love is spelled T-I-M-E. And these disciples gave Jesus time. They gave him this gift of time. They did not have to follow him into Jerusalem, but they did. Surely they could have found something else to do. Oh no, but they loved Jesus and they were following him. And they were following him to Jerusalem. But, wow. You know, when you want to spend time with someone, you don't come up with excuses, do you? You, When you love someone, you don't come, oh well, no, I've got all this stuff to do. No, you want to spend time with them. You want to be with them. And these disciples wanted to be with Jesus. They didn't want to avoid time with Him. They wanted to be with Him and they gave their time in order to make that happen. Notice also the disciples gave of their resources. They made a saddle for Him out of their own coats. And also spread some of those coats on the road. Talk about giving. Talk about giving. (laughs) How many of us would uh, take our coat off and throw it on the ground so somebody could that we love could trample on it and hey that's my coat I don't know about that that's my coat <laughs> that's my favorite coat I, I'm wearing it because it's my favorite I don't want to get it dirty what is this but they did they gave they gave of themselves the disciples gave also themselves they gave themselves as gifts to Jesus they they had walked away from everything everything their jobs their, their incomes they walked away from it all to follow Jesus are you willing to give your all for the king? Are you, are you willing to give your all to him? Something to think about. Something to think about. The last thing. Welcome the king with praise. Welcome the king with praise. Look at verse 37. As he approached Jerusalem, right where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives, the crowd of disciples all began shouting joyful praises to God at the top of their voices for all the miracles they had seen. They were declaring Jesus as king, but they were doing it as an act of praise. They're openly giving praise to God, and they're letting people know, look, this Jesus, he's the one that did the miracles. He's the, you, those miracles you heard about, this is him. This is, this is the one. This is Jesus. It's him. He's here. He's in the city. He's in town. The Lord is in town. Amen. He's in town. Listen again to verse 38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They shouted. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. They praise him for all the mighty things they've seen. The miraculous deeds that Jesus had done that showed he was from God. 
Listen to Psalm 113. This is the Old Testament. Listen to this. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forever. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory is above the heavens. The world may try to stop us from praising the Lord, but you will never find anything in God's Word that instructs us to be silent when it comes to God. There's nothing that says, oh, y'all just oh, now keep it down. You know, we don't want to cause a ruckus. Don't want to. Now, now listen, I want you to be clear and to understand that in all things we are to show the love of Christ. So in the praising of God, in the sharing of the name of God, in the sharing of the gospel of Jesus, we do it with love. We don't force feed anybody. We don't force it upon people. We do it out of a great love and care and concern for people. Because if they don't have Jesus, they're missing heaven. They're not going. They're not going. They're going to hell. And I don't want them to go there. And so we stand and we lovingly present the gospel out of care and concern in our hearts. Because people need to know. They need to hear. The world may try to stop us. The world may say, oh, you can't say that. Well, now... I now, I just don't understand. They can do all of the stuff they want to do, but we can't talk about Jesus. Now, that's a double standard. Something's wrong there. If y'all can do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say and talk to people the way you want to talk to people, then we, out of love in our hearts, ought to be able to share with others the love of Christ. We ought to have, we have that right. We should have that right as Americans. Because we live in a free country where to be we're to praise Him. We're told to do that. Let us not be ashamed to praise the God who loves us. The God who provided salvation for us. The God who made it possible to be forgiven of our dirty, rotten, disgusting, annoying sin. He made it possible through Christ. Have you welcomed the King into your life by faith? Will you be obedient to Him? Will you give all that you are to Him? Will you openly praise the King of Kings? Now look, I, you know, I, 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 I what is the word, vacillate between two points in, when I talk about talking about God in public. I don't want you to think, I always have to, I feel I have to say this to you. I don't want you to think that what I want you to be is a, is a Bible beater running around telling, yelling at people about Jesus. You understand that that's not what I'm asking you to do. But what I am asking you to do is to speak about Christ, to speak about God. There is no, it is the easiest thing to do in the world. Oh, preacher, but you don't know. Yeah, it is. Again, we're, we're at, a, at like the major holiday of the year, Easter. People are turning their minds toward eggs, family, meeting together, eating together. And you and I have an opportunity to talk about why we celebrate Easter. And we can say something about it. Hey, why do you celebrate? What, what is Easter to you? You know? It just, it, it, they're not going to give a wrong answer. What is Easter to you? This is what Easter is to me. It's re me remembering what God did through Jesus. It's me remembering that and being so glad that He did. And, and celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Man, this is a big deal in the life of a Christian.
and we need to share it. Thank you for listening to Words of Encouragement. We hope that your Easter uh, will be a great time, a great Sunday of celebration as we celebrate the risen Savior. If you're listening to this after Easter, well, just know that the Easter service is coming. Uh, You'll be able to hear it next week. We hope that uh, in some way you are closer to Christ than you were yesterday. That is our hope. That is our desire. That is our prayer, is that every day you grow in the Lord. Every day you become more like Christ. But that means that you're spending time with Him. You know, you, you begin to take on the characteristics of those with whom you hang around. And so if you're hanging around Jesus, uh, you're going to become more like Him. Uh, have you ever made that step? Have you ever taken the step? Have you ever made that decision to follow Jesus? If you haven't, do you think it's just about time? Look, it's up to you. It's between you and the Lord. But I do pray that you will take time to think about that. Listen, God sent his son Jesus to die on that cross. And when he did, he took the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins. We deserve to go to hell because of our sins. But God said, wait a minute. No, I want to provide a way for them to be forgiven. And so I'm going to send my son Jesus. He's going to die on that cross and he's going to die in their place, and I'm going to punish him for all of the sins of all of mankind, for all of time. He was the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus was. And my friend, you can be forgiven of your sins. You, you can be forgiven, and you can walk with Jesus. Listen, God loves you that much. Uh, There's no way we can avoid what he did through his son. There's just no way we can just say, hey, well, that just doesn't matter. No, you begin to look at it. Look at it closely. Look at what he did. My prayer is that you will respond to God in the affirmative. If you need more information, please go to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. And you can uh, find some questions answered there. Uh, You can even watch a video on how you can accept Christ into your heart. But check us out at fbcwinsboro.com. Thank you for listening to the Words of Encouragement podcast right here from the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman. You have a great day.